video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. And welcome to the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast, your Scottish weekly dose of all things gaming. I'm Jess, for those of you that don't know me, and this week I have me with me Pure Dead Craig, or Heed Bobag, as he likes to refer to himself as, and Andy joining us. Hello. Hola. Okay, so we have a huge week of gaming ahead as we dive into the celestial whirlpool of Bethesda's highly anticipated space epic Starfield plus Sea of Stars is riding the tidal wave of success with review scores so high they're practically touching the stars themselves. Lots of news to get through this week as well and of course it wouldn't be a pure day gaming podcast episode without including a movie review. This week's choice was Howard the Duck because nothing screams gaming podcasts like an intergalactic web-footed wisecracking duck. Yeah, <laughs> more on that later. Um, but yeah, how are we both before we get into all the gaming chat? I'm shite. I'm just start at work again. <laughs> As in you've been off on holiday? I'm back. I was just back on Monday after two weeks and it, you know that way when you come back and it just feels like you've never been away within half an hour yeah grim. <laughs> yes it's fucking shit when you come back to all the this has been happening this is what they're doing now this is and the, the usual i come back and there's like four new faces on the conference call and i'm like who's that who the fuck's that <laughs> james you know what i mean there's like and there's even a new there's even a new lassie working with us and in air and Kamalik, so I'm like, okay, thanks for telling us. Now you must um, have not been briefed in that memo. No, I don't get to tell stuff like that. It's only heat ball bags like yourself that has all the information. I um I need some time off. I would fucking kill for two weeks off just now. It feels like all I'm doing is working constantly. Even like tomorrow I'm supposed to be off, but it's not going to be a day off because I'm juggling three roles at work and it's just that. It's just constant. So uh, I roll on some time off. Are you getting planned for any games coming out? Because you're kind of you're good for taking wee holidays when games come out and stuff, don't you? I know. I mean, just that just yesterday he's like um by the way what have we what have we got planned at the weekend because you know obviously starfield comes out and he's just trying to schedule his weekend already to understand how much he can play mm-hmm. um, he's, he's like he's like testing it to say what, what do we have planned this weekend yeah and are we, are we doing much at all and it, <laughs> t- it, it, it turns out too fucking much that's what we've got planned <laughs> fucking he's cows. like <clears throat> remember i said to you about doing that thing what was it again time blocking mind i said like that would be good for you, when you basically say you basically say your days here and you go i'm spending this amount of time doing this this and this so like you should do that and then you can get your starcraft time in just go 
let's get squeeze it in somewhere and then you know you're good to go I've been to be fair I have been doing that some days I get up and I do schedule out my whole day just to try and get through oh. as much as possible have you been but getting I, up at 4am to go on your treadmill and do all your meditation since last oh, week oh fuck that guy fuck that <laughs> cunt honest to god don't start again with that prick <laughs> we put us we put a guy in the bin last week, Andy, you missed it, because he has a silly morning routine that he thinks is aspirational, but it's it's inspiring no one. We all know he's full see, of shit. I see when this podcast is finished, I will send you the link to this guy, right? It's about a minute and a half of him on a podcast talking about his morning routine from 4am to 9am. and it's 4 to 9? Aye, am. And it's the most infuriating fucking minute and a half. Ever how the guy has a, appears to have an unpunched face is beyond me. But uh, no, I don't have any time off planned for games. I don't think I, I, I'm trying to. I think I will try and take some time for Assassin's Creed. But other mm. than that, I do have a few days away with the boys in September, and um, I'm sure there is games coming out round about that time. And obviously, I will take the PlayStation and the Xbox with me. Well, one of them, depending what I'm playing at the time. I used to do it for FIFA. To be fair. I used to always do it for FIFA. I would take the day off and uh, so I could play it. That's back in the days where it was actually good and I enjoyed it. And to I be fair, I think it is else. actually when FIFA comes out. that it's. That, I think that's when I'm going, when FIFA comes out. So maybe right. take it with me. Long gone are those days where you look forward to FIFA. Hey, it's, it's a new era. EA Sports FC Sorry. 24. Sorry, I was about to say sorry. It's not even FIFA anymore. <laughs> It's a brave new world, Andy. Yeah, more on that later. <laughs> I'm more on that fucking shite. Yeah, some sort of sad news. Um, Nintendo announced the retirement of Super Mario voice actor Charles Martinet. So he's no longer going to be the Mario man anymore. But he is How, gonna... on, earth? How on earth are they going to replace him? How can anyone else say, it's a me? Yeah. Or, I mean, that's woo! just what an absolute what an absolute disaster. I mean, they'll probably just take that clip from this podcast and that's it. I'll get no royalties and they'll just well, fucking use me from now on. So this is the interesting <laughs> thing. So Super Mario Wonder um, apparently doesn't have him in it. Um, so he wasn't part of that project, but they've not like, I think there was some sort of like cryptic message to be like, check the credits when it comes out to find out who if the it's voice. Chris Pratt, I swear to God, if it's yeah. fucking Chris Pratt, I don't know. Either he's the voice at everything. Either it's going to be some surprise person, or they're like not wanting to like take away because I don't know. You know what it's like. This guy's retiring, and then I don't know. People would automatically just shit on the new person, probably. But I also wondered if they've actually got enough like audio clips and everything they've probably just like ai'd it or something because you know at this point in time how many phrases hmm. not said like surely they've mm-hmm. got enough in the tank can that they that. can just mix yeah. it yeah you can do that you get enough dialogue enough consonants and you're fucked they can totally recreate your voice that's why joe rogan's got so many fake like adverts and stuff because all he does is talk that's the, and they've got so many clips of him just talking uninterrupted with nothing in the background. So they've got there's so many like fake adverts of him just selling stuff and, and then like the fake curtain behind him. You know what I mean? Yeah, this this looks amazing. And it's and it, you know what I mean? It's like it, you can still tell it's fake though that there's that kind of uncanny valley with the lips a wee bit, it's still a bit more hundred percent. See to be fair, but I'm joking, but it could be fucking Chris Pratt. Because he did voice him in the film. 
Yeah. And they oh, could good. be like, because that film was like the biggest thing ever, they could be like, oh, we want some synergy. Like oh, it is a running no. gag now that Chris Pratt just voices everything, but it wouldn't, it would be annoying, but it wouldn't necessarily be the biggest leap. That's not good. It would not be good, no. He was not a, a particularly strong Italian. It <laughs> <laughs> was not. No. But yeah, hopefully Charles Martinet enjoys his retirement. He's still going to be yeah. like an ambassador. He's not like completely hanging up his hat. Maybe is he going to work part-time, part-time plumber? Yeah, I think so. That's good. That's nice, <laughs> isn't it? That's nice. <laughs> I know you guys don't use Twitter as much as me, or X now, but um, I went on earlier on. I was been busy most of the day, but I went to the toilet. And I was I was walking down the corridor, and I thought, I'd better check Twitter. And I saw that Greg's was trending, and I just want everyone to know that I had nothing to do with it. Okay, I, don't okay. the, I, don't, I don't know what the issue was, but it wasn't me. Not guilty. <laughs> do you not find out what it was? I didn't have time to check. It'll be some nonsense, oh. like they're out of pasties or something, and they're probably like probably. retiring, like the fucking sausage bake or something like that, and everything's raging. Uh, As it was pointed out, it's not long until the salted caramel comes back. It is nearly the season. This, what do you mean, salted caramel? A tea, like a coffee? When, so, I the they only do the salted caramel uh, shot and the coffee at Christmas uh, time because as yeah. Greg's will tell you at length, uh, it's only a Christmas drink. I thought you meant something else. There was a there was a <clears throat> sugary treat and it was like a yum yum, but like it was a donut, but not with a hole in it, like a kind of that kind of size. And it was but it had an unfucked donut. Aye, pretty much. Aye, and it had like <laughs> caramel inside it, and it had like a wee sprinkle of truck. Oh my! I forget what it was called, but holy fuck, it was good. And was, was that a Christmas good. delicacy? I don't think it. I think it was like it must have been some limited time, but I don't think it was a Christmas thing. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't know. But it was fucking amazing. It was one, so good. One to watch. Definitely, I'll keep you updated if I see it. Right. Let you know. Maybe that's why they were trending. Maybe I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Yeah, so I mentioned at the start of the show that this is a huge week for gaming releases and, well, yeah, just hold on to your headsets or your phones because we're starting off with the biggest granddaddy of them all on the 28th of August, the one that's been sending shockwaves through the gaming cosmos like a supernova on Turbo Boost. It's the Skull and Bones Close Beta! Yeah, so you can become a pirate again, play through the opening section of the game again. Search the seven seas for as many bugs as you can find, again. Um, and this time with even more limitations, as the beta is only available on PC. Settle, Couchy. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Available August 28th via invite only. Fuck off. I got an invite through. They were like, oh, you've been summoned. And I was like, no, I fucking haven't, because it's not happening. <laughs> Get this to fuck. Oh, just fucking make Black Flag 2. I mean, get this fucking... I <sighs> That's saying. The mechanics are all there for that game. Aye. So brutal, man. There's been about 12 beaters. And still, you would think a game probably doesn't exist. I mean, 
yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say, to be honest. It's just... <laughs> I mean, it looks... I think it looks decent, though. I mean, the, 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 the footage that looks... Uh, they, they can put a good trailer together. It's just the fact that it's a shared world where you've got to fucking go about with other people in the world and you can't just fucking play the game and it's first person and it's all about ship combat. If it was just an Assassin's Creed game like before, it would have been fucking great. I love pirate stuff. It would be so cool if it was just Black Flag 2. I do like pirate stuff as well. Yeah. So, there's something about it. It just kind of makes you feel like a wee kid again. Latin cowboys, you know what I mean? Just makes you feel like a wee kid. <laughs> I think as well, like in gaming, we don't get enough pirate games in like Western games. Not really. Like it's it's a bit of a underutilized genre. Well, I would say the most underutilized genre is post-apocalyptic zombie worlds. Aye, there's none of them. <laughs> I mean, we really, really, it's been a couple of years now since we've seen one of those pop up. Aye, aye, you can't get them anywhere. <laughs> So if they, give me that if they, any day over a pirate game. If they just stopped making all these pirate games, they could make more of those. I know they could just like actually concentrate on it. That'd be fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um and a bit more of a serious uh, note, another game that's coming out this week is Under the Waves. So this is a narrative-driven adventure game about the engulfing power of grief set in the depths of the North Sea in a techno-futuristic 1970s um, main character, Stan, struggling to overcome a life-changing loss and embrace a new future. So we did speak about this a little bit last week. It is available on Xbox, PlayStation and PC from the 28th of August. Is that being confirmed? We're now the 29th of August as of recording okay. and it still said pre-order on the PlayStation Store. So That was yeah. last night though. Is it is it available now? Like it, it didn't seem to appear when it was supposed to. Um, I'm just checking just now actually just in case it has appeared. But c- certainly a few people seem to have got their hands on it because there was comments on the developer's Twitter saying, I can't believe you've released this broken game. Um. Yeah, it's out now. It's out now to buy. Aye, it's a shame. It looked quite good. I th- I thought it looked pretty cool, and then um, and I it just it seems to have. I don't know if it's been released too early or if it's just I don't know if they've managed to put a good trailer together. Not so much a game or what, but it's annoying. Like, see, despite it looking good, right, and despite me looking forward to it, I was actually quite excited when I heard that it might be shite. Because there's so many good games to play just now that you just can't play them all. So when something comes out and shits the bed like that, you're almost like, well, that's one less I have to worry about. What? <laughs> like, I mean, that's one way of. Yeah. <laughs> like, surely, surely you would be like fucking hoping that like all the good, all the games are good, and like one day you might get room to play it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, if it's just buggy, then maybe one day they'll fix it. It looks cool. It looks like quite fun exploration and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, I'm quite interested in having a shot of it. I think it it looks cool. Um, but yeah, it remains to be seen until we actually play it how good it is. So yeah. Uh, next up, we have Agatha Christie Hercule Poirot. 
Poirot. I I'm struggle to say his name. Poirot. Um, the Poirot. London case. Um, so this is a detective adventure game. You take on the role of the famous detective as he joins forces with Lloyds of London to ensure the transportation, protection and sale of a valuable painting of Mary Magdalene. Uh, so this comes to PlayStation Switch, Xbox and PC from the 29th of August. You know what, this would be good, actually, and Jess, you'll not get this joke, but Craig, this would be good if it was actually investigating wrestlers uh, misusing the Lloyds of London insurance policies. Remember? That would be good. I missed a perfect. We've been in trouble. Hercule <laughs> Poirot to the fucking rescue. Thank you, Mr. Is that one of those Kurt Hennig down with a fake back injury again? That's another four years. <laughs> no. So you've been playing this, Jess? I have, yeah. So um, if you're not kind of familiar with game, it's a kind of third person isometric perspective um, and you, you play as Poirot um, and involve, the game, gameplay involves exploring environments for clues and interviewing suspects, making deductions to establish a trail of facts, that kind of thing. There's a cool mind map mechanic um, so you can like draw the bits of string to be like, oh, this is the clue matches that and everything. Um it's fairly straightforward in terms of gameplay, so I think if you're a kind of newcomer to the detective genre, then it probably is quite a good one. It's satisfying when you crack the case and you're like, ah, yes. Um, I have to say, though, I am probably, I think there's about nine chapters and I'm like on chapter six, so I'm a good chunk through it. Uh, had you asked me yesterday, like, how I was getting on with it, I think I'd have been a lot more positive, but my experience mm. from further hours input today hasn't been quite as good um I think I've just come across quite a few frustrations and that the tools to like unlock or solve really minor puzzles such as like figuring out the combination of a safe they're quite camouflaged and at times right. like only reachable after a specific counterintuitive like conversation or a bit of dialogue with somebody or like popping something um, and they're yeah. not always like placed in the same vicinity so you've got to go from one location to another and the load times between locations like I don't know we're used to a bit of lag but I, they just for the, such a small game with not much seemingly loading I just feel like the time you know I can be like 30-40 seconds between going from one it just seems too long for me I'm like what the hell yeah, like, that's I mean, it should be pointed out that this is the switch right enough that is true. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am playing it on yeah, the Switch. Yeah. That that <laughs> might be a yeah. Um but yeah, also <laughs> I just think there's quite a bit of like repetitive dialogue and maybe that is partly in that like cuz I've kind of got stuck and been frustrated be like what am I supposed to do next? So I'm just I'm clicking on the same characters to be like maybe if I ask him again but then they just say the same thing back to me. Um so yeah, that's been a bit annoying and as I say you have to kind of backtrack and move between locations more often than I think seems necessary I think they've you know it's perhaps made longer by that fact um mm. but that being said like I don't know it's you know if you're a experienced detective it's maybe you know not the most um challenging shall we say but I do think it's an enjoyable story there's been a quite a good few twists and turns so far um you know it's an Agatha Christie you kind of know what you're getting from that um type of story but um yeah it, it it's okay. I'm enjoying it and I'm, you know, I'm going to see it through, obviously. But yeah, there have just been a few little like frustrations as I've been playing it. 
That's mm. fair enough. 40 seconds is a long time to wait for a fucking scene to load, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you're playing a game and you're involved in the game and you're not doing anything else, uh, that's just like going back to the fucking PS2 days almost. Yeah, I think essentially for being a, for being a point and click, you know what I mean? I'm like, it, it shouldn't be taking this long. <laughs> yeah, next up, taken directly from Deadbeat Punch review, Sea of Stars is uh, out on the 29th of August also. Um, so he said, it's an outstanding title. If any newcomers were curious about turn-based RPGs, this is the game I would steer them towards. Old hands will ha- also have a great time reveling in this nostalgic quest. Although it may lack the full heft of a classic RPG, there's still enough meat on the bone to satisfy the seasoned RPG connoisseur. In a year already packed with future classics, this stands tall among them. Sabotage's Kickstarter project has delivered exactly what the fans wanted and took no shortcuts in delivering their promised vision. So yeah, at the time of recording, it's sitting with a 90 on Metacritic and 95 on OpenCritic, so it's scoring really, really high. Yeah, it's the second highest rated game this year. Wow. So it's doing well. It's also day one on PS Plus Extra, if you have that, and Xbox Game Pass, so it is kind of quite widely available if you've got a subscription to one of these. Yeah, and you only really need to buy it if it's on the Switch, and then you'll have to wait 40 seconds for it to load. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. People love this kind of... Like, yeah, I don't know. It's not usually my type of game, but then I did enjoy Octopath, so and it's yeah. no extra cost, so I might check it out. It's just the time. It's the time factor, isn't it? I know. But that's like, like these games are like so like retro looking and nostalgic, but they're like, but then you've got all the advantages of today's gameplay and today's way of doing things that are accompanied with it. You know what I mean? I just make it make it so much better. Yeah, it's definitely one that a lot of folk are going to check out just because they will have access to it as well. And I think like these days, like I don't know, an aggregate score when you see something's got like a ninety-five on Open Critic, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, even yeah, if it's not necessarily your type of thing, you're like, I'm, I'm, no, makes this, you, this must be special. Ah, you pay attention to it. I, mean, yeah. I, I remember the only game I've ever really played like that, um, like I played a Final Fantasy like back in the day, but then the one that I really played that a lot of hours into was uh, Chrono Trigger, which was mm-hmm. kind of like that kind of style. And uh, I remember putting this in the snares and I played it for, like, it felt like months. And then uh, it was like almost like a game-breaking bug or something like that. Like, I needed some sort of thing to beat a boss, and I couldn't go back and get it. And I was like, oh, that's me fucked. <laughs> I'd need to, you would need to read Punk's review in full, but I'm sure he mentions in it that it's it's got a lot of Chrono Trigger vibes. I could be getting that wrong, but I'm sure I'm sure there was a mention of that. Um, so I, if you like Chrono Trigger, it, it might be worth checking out. And like I said, yeah. it's on Game Pass, so... It, pro- it probably does, because that's what made me think of that when I seen the... the Gameplay there just remind me of it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I good fucking good week for games. Well, I say that, but then apparently this next one's a bit of a disappointment. You mean Crossfire Sierra Squad? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is a fierce mil- military arcade shooter in VR for single player and co-op multiplayer, where you drop into a variety of indoor and outdoor battle scenes with 63 missions, 39 different weapons and 17 types of enemies as you lead an elite team, elite fire team into immersive 360 degree combat. Available on PSVR 2 and PCVR 
from the 29th of August. Yeah, so my sort of go-to when it comes to a lot of VR content in terms of like a YouTuber is Beardo Benjo, a guy on YouTube. He does a lot of really good videos. And so earlier on, I I saw him posting uh, a tweet that reads, if you want a simple light gun Sorry, if you want a simple VR light gun shooter, then Crossfire might scratch that itch. However, the finished product is completely at odds with the marketing materials and gameplay trailers. I feel deceived, and it's possibly my biggest VR disappointment of 2023. Hmm. So... I think it looked like it was quite like an explorable mission-based game, but then it's seemingly like he's saying it's almost like a light gun game. So I think when you go into it, I don't know if it's on rails or if it's pretty much on rails or something like that, but uh, it sounds sounds not great. I mean, I don't think it's as bad as the last Crossfire game because I got like a 2 out of 10, but uh, it doesn't, doesn't seem like it's meant to be great. Yeah, I had that on my watch list because like I was going through all the stuff that was available and like, a, a a glance, it looked like half decent, but then yeah. I looked looked I looked at what I was like trimming down my kind of uh, games list, and I was like, looking at reviews, and I seen like, this doesn't even seem worth downloading at all. So then no, it's been absolutely terrible. I borderline unplayable. Aye, so it's yeah. a bit better than that, but it's there if you want to check it out. Anyway, <laughs> um. <laughs> Next up, we have Goodbye Volcano High. So this is a cinematic narrative adventure about love, change, and the end of an era. You guide Fang through their final year of high school as they try to make things right before time is up. It's coming to PlayStation and PC on August 29th. Yeah, this is basically for furries, this thing. It's uh, anamorphic characters. Um in relationships it's meant to be a decent story i think i've not seen reviews yet but um yeah it's not really for me not not my kind of thing you can see here this person's got a beak and a mobile Furries. Phone. what's a funny it's people that are into people that <laughs> into people that look like um humans but with uh, animal heads oh no well, that's a thing it is i oh Looking at like a pig head and stuff. Usually, like face, faces like this, like people were like, I don't know, like it's like they're like a bird or something like that, but then they've got like like a I unicorn, I uh, like human, a human body, but then a different face. Wow, some f- folk are weird, man. <laughs> folk are weird, each to their own. It'll be, it'll be all about the story. Like it'll, it'll be all about the story. If they nail the story, it could be good. But um, it's not really for me. No, I don't think it's for any of us. So we'll move on. So, so none of us are furries then? No. Used to or no doing this in your spare time? No. Right, no. okay. I'm just going to take your word for it. Sold on my costumes. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Bomb Rush Cyber Funk. Um, it's one second per second of advanced funk style battle rival, not yet of advanced funk style battle rival crews and dispatch militarized police to conquer the five boroughs of New Amsterdam become all city. Don't really know what any of that means, um, but it's come to PlayStation and Xbox on first of September. It's already on Switch and PC. Craig, you yes. have played this. 
yeah, I played a bit of this. It's it's good. It's it's good. It's very much a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio, which yeah, is a kind of cla- which is a classic game. Uh, except obviously, like people aren't going to like me saying this, but it's it's better than Jet Set Radio because Ooh, like, old. Well, when see Jet Set Radio, it's people remember it fondly. But see, when you go back to yeah. it, it was the early days of three D. The cameras yeah. are fucking disgrace. And mm-hmm. it doesn't run particularly well. Whereas this, like, they've had twenty years of figuring out how to work a three D mm-hmm. camera, and yeah, yeah it just it's always it plays. Aye, it plays it's really gonna, well. It's always going to be better. It's always going to be better. Now you just kind of these things have such a like um, a hold on you in your head because you're like that was fucking amazing when yep. you were playing it twenty years ago. But you shouldn't go back unless they totally redo it and bring it into today's. You shouldn't go back and touch stuff like that. It's just going to no. taint your memory. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so I, I've seen a couple of reviews that have said, "Oh, um, it's it's good, but it's not doing enough new." And you're like, "No, but the stuff it's doing, it's doing better than than what the original game did twenty years ago." It's not like it's not made by the same people. It's obviously like an homage to it almost. But what they've done is really good. Like um, the the music and it's cracking as well. And so far, like the traversal and stuff is really really fun. I've only put about an hour into it, but I, I really like it so far. I think it's very good. Nothing. It doesn't always need to be new. I don't. I don't like. I hate I, that. When it's like you've. There's nothing new here. Liz, why is that always a criticism? Like yeah. something can just be fun. You know what I mean? You can just watch a film that's just a fucking. You turn your brain off and it's just enjoyable. Like you watch it after you're finished with it, or you play a game and you just go, "That was fun." You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. need to bring something new every time and like totally engaging change the way you're thinking about stuff, you know what I mean? It doesn't always need to be that way. Especially a game like Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, because it's not as if games like that come out very often. Like, there's a reason why people are saying, oh, that's like Jet Set Radio. They're not saying it's like something else, because it's only like Jet Set Radio, and that came out Mm. in 2002 or something. So it's not not as if they're fucking churning out one of these every six months or something. Exactly. Yeah, good point. That's why you're the heat ball bag. He'd <laughs> okay, and finally, after multiple delays and what feels like an eternity of waiting, Starfield launches this week in early access. So, in yes. this next generation role playing game set amongst the stars, you can create any character you want, explore with unparalleled freedom as you embark on an epic journey to answer humanity's greatest mystery. So, yeah, this is coming to Xbox and PC in early access on September 1st, and then it'll be available on September 6th for all you Game Pass subscribers as well. Worth noting, if you don't have Game Pass and you were thinking of subscribing, Microsoft have pulled the 14-day Game Pass trial for a pound, so you cannot do it cheaply. Sneaky fuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. All those folk that had their one pound set out and two weeks off work, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to fucking rattle this. Now they've been absolutely huckled at the last moment. By all when accounts, it? though, it's not the kind of game that, I mean, if you really tried, you probably could like complete it within a month of, you know, if you bought it for a, a month, then you, yeah. you maybe could. But, you know, it's, I think, um, oh, who was it? Mm-hmm. Ha- uh, somebody said. Um, yeah, one of the, the Bethesda executives said it can take around 140 hours to simply get into the game. 
Um, wow. Fucking hell. Wow. So... That's mental, isn't it? And, that's, and you know for a fact, Craig, that we're the type of gamers that like to fucking like, get into the minutiae and figure out all the wee stuff and do all the side stuff. You know what I mean? We're going we're gonna to plow hours into this. I know. Hours. It's one of those ones where I'm almost hoping that I play it for a couple of hours and go, ah, it's good, but it's not really for me because it's the kind of game <laughs> you, could, you could get fucking lost in. Fuck's sake. Craig hates games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that's a shite. <laughs> makes my job easier. <laughs> I can just move on. It does look good, but done it. Oh, it looks so good. It looks so good. I think that like there's some part of it is because it's been so long and you just heard rumblings about it for so many years and then it was getting closer and closer to actually coming out and it's just like it's here. It's that like it's coming out. It's finally here. And uh, like I just remember that feeling. I've not had it for a while where I fucking Bethesda game, but that feeling when you when I first played like Fallout or I first played New Vegas and that feeling I've been lost in that world, do you know what I mean? That I just I'm I'm looking forward to that again. Aye. Yeah, it looks good. And it looks like we're gonna be diving in around about the same time as almost everyone else because they've barely gave a fucking review code to anybody. They've been Oh they know. Oh, there's been quite the Paddy's thrown online now. Eh? Um, even earlier that's today. A, that's a prerogative. It is. I, I mean, it, it's. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's worrying or not. It's probably not. But they they've certainly handpicked who they give it to. Like it's so they've gave yeah. it to like Xbox specific YouTubers, and by the sounds of things or by the looks of things, they've gave it to big outlets that they feel they'll get favourable coverage from because there's like mm. I mean earlier today Eurogamer were had had to put out a statement saying by the way we won't have anything at launch because Bethesda have refused to give us a code. Right. I, I would fucking... normally say I would normally say that um it's an issue. Like it is actually an issue to not um give people like review codes. But with this one I think it's a wee bit different. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's it's totally up to them. Um, I think that so the thing that blew up today was uh, so Eurogamer own Digital Foundry, the ones that do all the breakdown and the analysis on like how well games are running, what frame rate, like uh, resolution, etc. And so, uh, Eurogamer hadn't received a code, but Digital Foundry had, and in the statement that Eurogamer released. Uh, the last paragraph says, lastly, on a note, a note on Digital Foundry, you should expect to see relatively prompt coverage of the game by Rich and his team after a separate delivery of Starfield code was provided to them. However, this was provided alongside instruction by me, to me by Bethesda that no other parts of Eurogamer were granted access. This was an unprecedented request, but one that I ultimately felt compelled to honour to ensure that access to Digital Foundry was not subsequently impacted. So they've literally sent Eurogate, uh, sorry, Digital Foundry a code and said, but you cannot let anyone at your parent company see this. And that's fucking <laughs> weird, man. That's mm-hmm. really weird. And then The Guardian tweeted out as well, been like, yeah, we've not been we've been denied a code as well. Um we've not we've been told we're not getting one. Uh so it's 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 definitely odd. I've never seen it handled like this. 
like at the bare minimum, usually all the big sort of outlets, anyone that's on Metacritic, at a bare minimum, would get a code. But this I think time, we're just our... relying on the. I think we're just relying on the, the, the fervor behind it. You know what I mean? Just like the, mm. the word of mouth, the fact that it's like such a big launch. I think they're just going to rely on that. Yeah, because it's on Game Pass as well, there's so much less of a barrier to entry that they know that most people are going to try mm-hmm. it anyway. Yeah, so most I, I people are think... going to jump in and dip yeah. their pose in it at least. I think a lot of games, like, they sort of almost need review scores to do a bit of the, the sort of PR work for them, whereas this game absolutely doesn't need that. But yes. I do wonder yeah. if it's gonna I do wonder if it's gonna backfire though, because it's it seems to me like they've they've gave codes out so that at launch they think they're gonna get more favorable scores. But even even if it's by accident, see the likes of The Guardian, when they, they're still gonna review the game, they're just gonna have to buy it and then review it. And even like subconsciously, are they gonna score that lower because they've got a worse opinion? Because they're like, well, fuck them. And that so, shouldn't I mean, happen. It shouldn't. So, should that's, that's not part of the game. So that shouldn't have an impact on it, but this is the fucking real world. And the concern as well is also that, I mean, the likes of Eurogamer, who we're recording on Tuesday, I believe they got the, the code today. Obviously, the embargo's the 31st, so they've literally only got a couple of days to actually get their review out, which means it's probably going to be someone cramming it in as quickly as they possibly can and not giving the game the time it, it probably deserves. Yeah, yeah. I know, how are you supposed to review a game like this in a couple of days and give yeah. it any sort of justificate, like, justifiable like opinion on it? No no fucking chance. Well, I sorry, Jess, that, that, that's the other thing. Like that, So that's the part that was probably the most strange about it. So Eurogamer put out that statement saying we will not have we will not have a review at launch because we haven't been given access. And then an hour later, they posted a tweet saying uh, we've now been given access. So after they put out a statement basically saying, look, we won't have coverage because you, uh, Bethesda have denied us a code, someone at Bethesda has scrambled and went and got them one. And I thought that mm. was quite interesting. It was within an hour of them putting up that article that all of a sudden a code appeared. Oh, we do actually have a code. Here you go. What do you like, think it's going to end up as? Is a Metacritic score? Somewhere in the 80s, I think. Really? I don't think it'll get to the 90s. I think it's, I think, see, because it's so big, I think there'll be mm-hmm. certain things that it doesn't do as well as others. I think it'll be an amazing yeah. game, but I think if someone's looking at, like, say, the top 10 the aspects of it, they'll be like, well, yeah. these these three aspects weren't done that well, but these ones mm-hmm. were, but that does bring it down a bit. Whereas if it was more of a focused thing, I think it would have a chance of being higher. Yeah. I think it'll be amazing, but I think there'll be certain, when you're reviewing something, I think it'll be like, oh, well, I don't know. A flat aspect of it, maybe the ship customization isn't really what they said it was, so that does bring it down a bit. But when we are playing it, we're like, I don't give a fuck about the ship customization. This is class. I'm gonna go for eighty-five and above. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't. I, it's not. I don't think it's hitting ninety-five like the Sea of Stars, but um, I know. I think it'll be. It's going to be high. I don't think it's. it's but I, I don't know. There's lots of people who were sort of like, oh, is this going to be a big flop? Or in, I don't think there's a. I don't think there's even a chance it's a big flop. I think it's they've delayed it so many times that they don't they wouldn't be putting this out at this point unless it was ready and it was good. And Bethesda don't make bad games outside of Fallout seventy six. 
No, no, you're and not that good. was that was bad because of the online shite, and this doesn't have that, so it's going to be good. I think. Yeah, it just depends what people are expecting as well. I think that. Um, but yeah, if you listen to last week's episode, um, we discussed that there was a, a forty-minute or so uh, leak of gameplay footage, um, thanks to someone that got copy of the game hold of a copy of the game um he sort of filmed himself in portrait mode and yeah published it on on a youtube account but that person has since been arrested um for possession of marijuana and for the theft of property between two and a half thousand and ten thousand dollars um in the videos and social media posts, he essentially admitted to having stolen goods to sell from the warehouse, I think, that he worked at, which included multiple copies of the of the game. So um, oh he may have become God. an internet That's celebrity awesome. overnight, but yeah, he's had to apologise and a price to pay for, for what he's done. He's, so. a, he's a clearly a fucking muppet. Like, I didn't see the stuff, but from what I read, yeah, not only did he... I mean, he's not going to get the jail for leaking the game, but he basically sat there stoned, been like, yeah, yeah. I mean... I only got this because I stole it from the warehouse that I work at. I've actually got, uh, I've actually got twenty copies of it. He was trying to flog the copies for two hundred dollars each. Oh man, what's he going to get done for the criminal enterprise? In there? And then he was talking about other stuff he'd stolen as well. And so the cops are watching this live on YouTube and going, "Right, let's go and fucking pick him up." What a muppet! Yeah. Oh man. So he's in the jail. So stupid. Yeah. So I mean, there there have been a f- a few like other leaks and footage of the game coming out which I don't know I'm just like it's just a I don't know a bit disappointing I know everyone's excited and wants to get the kind of first look at it and things but for people who I mean granted not everyone kind of understands industry and stuff like that obviously we do we sign NDAs for various things and I just think when you're in that privileged position like you know what what what's there to be gained other than your 15 minutes of fame folk love mm-hmm. that 15 minutes of fame but <laughs> I know, but I just, I don't know. But yeah, I agree. It's just stupid. Yeah, and because there's a, a another leak of like a player running in one direction for like 10 minutes um, before they get like to like a boundary reach message that comes on the screen um, and it says like open the map to explore another region or return to your ship um, and like then I think you can like basically move a few steps if you close the message and then you hit like an invisible wall and there's been like this whole Starfield boundary reach drama off the back of it. Um, but you know, again, it's it's one little piece of the game that actually until you play the full thing, like you maybe don't understand the mechanics behind it. And so, but the thing is, that is they're not hundreds of planets, so yeah. obviously, I mean, they can't be the the planets can't be infinite sizes. Like, no. obviously, like yeah. it has to. There has to be a fucking boundary. There's a boundary in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and just, I think there's see a, that. Another... That's folk looking for. That's folk looking for things yes. to pick at. Folk going, oh yeah. no, the game's going to be shite. Look at this. It's not what they said it was. They said it was infinite. Yeah. And like, I think oh, picked... for four hours, and I found that four hours, and then I found the boundary wall, guys. Yeah. Four hours it took me, but I found it. That game's shite. I think they deliberately picked like one of the sort of more barren planets as well, because obviously there's a mixture and and you know there's like a thousand planets or something, and so only some of them have got you know stuff on them. So they deliberately picked one that was pretty barren and just ran for ten minutes. <laughs> Which you know if you if that's how you want to play the game and yeah. whatever, looking for something negative essentially. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, if you go out looking, you'll always find. Yeah, so... Social media just, is usually so positive as well. Well, 
I know. It's such a such a weird thing. It must be a weird day. Anything more to stay on Starfield, or shall we move on? Nah, no, I'm sure we'll be talking about it enough next week. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little look forward to everything else that's coming out. Like we have touched on this in the past and looked at like August, but we're now hitting September and October and November, and there's a shit lot of stuff coming out. Um, Craig, do you want to talk us through the high- highlights? I think just see. Now that we're getting into September, I mean, this week's pretty mental with Starfield and Born Rush Cyberfunk, and it's just from now until pretty much November, there's there's going to be no weeks without like a big game coming out. Like it's it's just we're entering probably one of the most mental two months of gaming ever. Like Starfield, Liza P, the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Phantom Liberty expansion, EA Sports FC twenty four. I know some people won't be that interested in that, but Assassin's Creed Mirage, Detective Pikachu Returns, Alan Wake two, Sonic Superstars, Spider Man two, Mario Brothers Wonder, the Metal Gear Collection. Like, there's just it's an absolutely insane amount of games that are coming out, um, and so. It's a star field of games. It is, it is. Um, so, yeah, I think Jess, people are going to... I can do puns as well, Jess. Well done, proud of you. <laughs> I think uh, people are going to have to be quite um, conservative with their wallets hmm. uh, because there is... There's nah, just pick and choose. Pick you're going to have to. I mean, don't get me wrong, you, you've got the likes of... So, Sea of Stars obviously come out this week. It's on Game Pass. Starfield... Sorry, Sea of Stars is on PS Plus and Game Pass. Starfield next week on Game Pass. Liza P is also Game Pass. Um, City Skylines 2 is Game Pass. So, you you do have like some corners you can cut there, but I would just... Uh, I would advise people to maybe make a list. I like making mm-hmm. lists. I've made many a list over the last couple of weeks, gaming wise, and I would I would maybe suggest people make a list, see what it is you're looking for, uh, what it is you want to pick up. Keep in mind that or obviously sales happen pretty fast. Do a Craig method, make the list, and then hope that some of the games are shit. Exactly, <laughs> aye. aye if, Star- if Starfield shits the bed, we're we're all quids in. <laughs> Just going down, tucking it, cop that, cop that shite, cop that shite. <laughs> good guy, good guy, wank. <laughs> as long as Phantom Liberty isn't shite, because I really want that to be good. <laughs> I'll not be pleased if that's shite. Uh, okay then. Um, so let's have a look at what we played this week. I've obviously already touched on Agatha Christie's Poirot Poirot uh, game that I've been playing. I've also still been plowing through with Zelda, but I'm, I'm at the final boss but I'm, st- I'm stuck I can't do it so right. <laughs> uh, I will persevere I will keep going get Nathan in to help you no? I've already asked him to and he was like is it the mech one that you're stuck at mum and I was like how did you know that um, and he was just like <laughs> oh yeah I watched a video on YouTube about that one but I, to be fair I had, I've done that one and passed that now um, but yeah such is life. I will continue. I will continue on and defeat, defeat the the game. Fair enough. You still been plowing on with GTA, Andy? Yeah, that and Tunic. 
Oh, yeah, Tunic. Tunic Aye. So that's really good. Nice. Quite hard, actually. Something's really hard. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in it, and it's just like I know where to go, but it's just so fucking hard to actually get to what I need to do. Aye. Really fucking hard. In terms of the enemies, because I think I gave up because I'm like, I just, I don't know what I'm doing because it's quite time-based, isn't it? Um, Or like the dodging you have to, because I just, I feel like I just can't get the knack of it. Yeah, and um, the bit where there's like these kind of, they're almost like crocodiles pretty much, so they do move quite fast and they snap at you but then there's a bit where there's like three of them and it's like fucking, I'm like, I can't get by them. So then I like, I, I was trying for like two hours to fight them. I couldn't do it. So then I come up with the method of I'm just going to fucking bolt past them. <laughs> I tried to bolt past them, and then they kept on chasing me. And then I got to this bit where I was like, I need to climb up this ladder. But as soon as I get to the ladder, it's like they've all cut up on me, and they just uh, fucking crap. Mm. And that's just like it's impossible. It's actually impossible. I don't know how I'm getting by it. I really don't know how. See, I, I only, I think there was loads of other things coming out at the time, so I only had a chance to play maybe half an hour or so of it, and I was finding it really difficult. And I, But I think the reason was, so quite soon before that, I had played Death's Door, which I fucking loved. It's one of my favourite indie games ever. But it's quite a similar game in terms of um, like the combat. But in Death's Door, you can be mid-attack, and if you press the dodge button, the animation will go straight into the dodge. Whereas mm. in Tunic, you can't dodge until your swing animation is finished. And so I was struggling so badly with that just coming off Death's Door. Um, uh, like having to wait yeah. and I just kept getting killed. Mm. I, I know that they did add, see if you are really struggling, Andy, they did add mm. in, if you go into the settings, there's like a difficulty, I don't think it's a difficulty mode, it's like a accessibility mode. And you can basically, so the the issue I had that annoyed me a wee bit was it was either too hard or too easy. Like the normal mode, I was finding too hard, but then see, there's a Mm -hmm. mode you can turn on where I think you basically can't get hit or something like that. Um, Oh, I need to do that for this bit then, because I I do like to get past it and play it. And this, but this is actually, it's stopping me playing it a wee bit now, because I'm just like, Mm -hmm. well, that's what I was going to suggest. You could maybe turn it on just for that bit and then turn it off after. Yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely some sort of accessibility mode. I think it's invincibility or something like that. I know, I will do that. Because it's definitely worth uh, playing through, I think. I mean, mm. it's definitely a hundred times better than Hollow Knight. So I'm just I'm just going to say that. I mean, most, most things are. I know. That, that's definitely. I mean, I don't... just came into my head to say that. For some reason, just need to... Get it off your chest. You know? Get it off my <laughs> chest. Just if there's a game um... that I feel better than Hollow Knight, I feel as if I just need to tell people that. Ah, you should make a list of all the games better than Hollow Knight. Yeah, I like making Billy. lists as well, so I might, I might do that, actually. Uh, I'll like publish it on the website for you. It would be like the list of Jericho. Cool. might take me a couple of weeks. Take <laughs> <laughs> um, hits with your list, what you've been playing. So, a, a little bit like you with Zelda, Jess. I, I didn't realise I was so far on in Remnant 2. I smashed through another maybe five, six hours and found myself at the final boss. Well done. And all I can say is, fuck that guy. Fuck Mm. that guy so fucking hard. What a cunt. Honestly, Remnant 2 is up there as one of my favourite games this year. I did no interest in it before it came out. It is fucking brilliant. I think my total, in fact, I've got my PlayStation on just now. I'll just tell you exactly. It only you can slam through this game in about fifteen hours, but a mixture of me being shy and having to overcome 
and also me going back to get secrets and stuff like that, I ploughed 64 hours into it, according to the PlayStation. I fucking loved it. But the final boss can get in the bin. Uh, I I looked it up and I was like looking for ways, like, oh, is there a a certain tactic you can use? And so many videos and articles I've seen have just been like, the final boss is not indicative of the game. Like the game sort of like teaches you how to play it all the way through. And then the final boss is just like almost completely different in terms of like it's, so it's not really a Souls game. It's just quite a hard game. But then the final boss is like a Souls boss. And there's just so much going on, and it's I can't even get anywhere near completing it. So I've benched it just now. I might go back to it at some point, but I'm happy that I have seen all the game has to offer. Like all I've got is mm-hmm. I beat this mm-hmm. boss, and then I do want the trophy, obviously. But I have seen the full game. It is brilliant, oh. but the last boss can just fuck off. Um, so I've been playing that. Um, did episode three of the Expanse, the Telltale series. I don't really want to say anything about it because the whole thing is story based, so I can't really give any spoilers. Uh, wee bit more Wrestle Quest. I'm stuck at a puzzle just now. There's a couple of like, so it is like a turn based combat game, but they've also added in these sort of puzzles in areas, and I'm at a certain puzzle that I'm just fucking stuck at, and it's doing my nothing. You've got to like take ropes off i'm in this sort of jungle area and you've got to take these ropes off and then hang them from trees so that you can slingshot your way to different areas but then the puzzle is that you don't have enough ropes and so you have to put them in a certain order to get to certain places and it's just it's the type of puzzle that really stumps me and the problem is that even though the game is out now almost no one has got as far as i've got so this has been a bit of uh a sort of issue for me like I, I don't know if i spoke about it last week but like i'm i would guess about 65 percent of the way through the story and i'm now popping achievements story related achievements that it says one percent of players have mm-hmm. now that means that i'm probably the second person to get as far as this meanwhile there's about 20 reviews out for it giving it fucking five and six out of ten when they've clearly not even played the game there's People in the games industry like sent putting out tweets being like, oh, WrestleQuest's really good. I'm like, if it's really good, fucking play it then, because nobody seems to be doing it. Um <laughs> like there's there's not a single guide. The game's out and there's not a single guide that I can use to get by this bit. So I'm gonna have to use you, Jess, because you're quite good with this sort of puzzle stuff. So Well, yeah, but have... I was I was on Twitch looking at some um live streams people were doing of the Agatha Christie game because I was stuck and I'm like, oh, damn it, nobody's as far as I am. <laughs> Because I couldn't find what I was supposed to do. You'll get a guide for that, no problem, soon. But yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to brief you on this and get, get you to figure it out and get me by it. Okay. Um, so I've been playing that. I have also, I've been back playing Cyberpunk because with Phantom Liberty coming out in under a month, to access the expansion, you have to be a certain width amount through the story. Now, Ooh. obviously. At launch, I played the shit out. I think it was about 140 hours. Um, you had, but, a, you had a trouble with your memory or something? Well, I, lost that, I lost that save file. <clears throat> I don't know how I managed to lose it, but I somehow did. And then it's not in the cloud either. And then I had restarted the game earlier this year. But yeah, that when my, my PlayStation sort of reset itself, I lost all my save files. And for some reason, I hadn't backed up. So I managed to find a save file that I had back from 2020 when I was like 
15 hours in and so i've just taken that and continued on with it um but i'm absolutely loving it it's just so good the game i cannot wait for phantom liberty um i put it on i think it was on sunday and i just i was struggling to put it off because it's just I, I find the game so immersive see when it's when it's in full flow it's just brilliant um so i've been playing that <laughs> and um the last thing i've been playing uh, a game popped up for me on steam I don't know how they decided that this was for me, but it's called Hotel Sex Simulator. Mm. Right. right up your street. Aye. So it's it's just weird as fuck. It looks a little bit like The Sims, right? But from like a 2D perspective. And you... So the story starts off and your uncle has died. He has left you a hotel in his will. You turn up and there's this sort of sleazy guy there that runs the hotel. I think he might be another uncle of yours. And you have to, you start off with a certain amount of money and you have to unlock different rooms. Uh, And so there's regular, there's massage, there is, um, hold on a second, I wrote them down. There's regular massage, romantic bathroom, which is set up clearly like a wet room and bdsm rooms and so you have to like unlock these rooms um and what you've got is from the left hand side you've got a, a queue of male visitors and you have to drag and drop them into these specific rooms uh, and they and then there's like a countdown timer where you can clearly see that they're having sex with a girl in the room uh, and from there you make money and then you're trying to like make money to open up new rooms you're basically running a brothel uh, each time you send a customer into a room when they're done you then have to press a button to clean the room because the whole room needs wiped <laughs> down uh, so that's 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 a thing um, this is really lifelike it's realistic uh, I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite the thing um, it's obviously not been the dialogue's not been done by a native English speaker because at, right at the beginning, there's a girl that comes over to visit. She claims she's the hotel manager. And it says above her dialogue, Lasley, and it's spelled L-A-S-L-E-Y. And then the first thing that comes up says, hi, I'm Leslie, spelled L-E-S-L-I-E. And you're like, right, what one is it? Like, it's just basic stuff like that that they've clearly sort of got wrong but um it's don't be wrong it's a funny game to play like some of the shit in it like if you upgrade a room to level three you can then spy on what goes on in the room which uh seems to equate to uh, a sort of cartoon sex scene um the whole who's thing, this made I, for like who's the I target audience for this I really don't know. Perhaps somebody that wants to take the piss out on a podcast. I don't know. They even, they even, seek, they even seek them out for it, Jess. It's it, right it must. It's one of the weirdest games I have ever seen. But at the same point, you look at it and you're like, it's like telling you about upgrading different stuff and you're like, how? You, there's a bit of curiosity where you're like, how weird is this going to get? See if that does go to level three. What the fuck's going to happen? Do you know what I mean? So I'll investigate further. And that's making you come back for more. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, 
I'm You've nailed that. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I've been playing. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Where were you, Jess? Where were you? Come on. I'm gonna do a bit more of that and report back. <laughs> Good. Thanks. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to the news this week then? Yes. Oh. News, news. I was believing the news. We are bringing you the news. So first up, Baldur's Gate 3 will launch on PS5 early next month. The reason the game is coming to Sony's system before the Xbox Series X slash S has always been due to development issues with Microsoft's machine. The problem, according to Larian Studios, is that it's been unable to effectively get split screen running on the Xbox Series S and as Microsoft has a mandated parity between its two consoles, it meant it needed to delay the game while it worked through the issues. Now, perhaps in response to the release's sensational Metacritic score, a compromise has been made. Writing on Twitter, CEO Swan Sven what's his name? Swan it's because my cursor was on, on the on the E, so I couldn't see it. Um, CEO Sven Winkel said that following discussions with Xbox chief Phil Spencer, Baldur's Gate 3 will now come to Xbox later this year. There is a caveat, however. The Xbox Series S version will not feature split-screen co-op. Before this backtrack on Microsoft's part, it was assumed the title wouldn't release until next year on Xbox. It'll be interesting to see what this means for Microsoft's strategy moving forward, as it's always billed Xbox Series S as a low-cost entry into the new generation, but this move may set a precedent where developers cut features from the device, making it less enticing than originally intended. Well, I mean, people like, Andy, people like Andy will be absolutely gutted that you can't get split screen co-op because, as we know, Andy is Mister Co-op. Mm-hmm. It's what I'm all about. <laughs> even if he has to have one controller on each hand, he just has to be fucking playing <laughs> with somebody, oh, that, even if it's himself. That's the way I've always had to do it because of like you're my only friend, so um, it's just it's been a hard, it's been a hard my co-op journey has been a hard journey to be honest with you, but I'll persevere. I love this because I love it so much. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, so for most games, obviously, so far it hasn't necessarily been a problem. They can just, if they need to, like run it at a lower resolution or worst case scenario, thirty frames a second instead of sixty. Um, I think this is like a specific problem related to um, split screen co-op because. Like, I, I, I don't think, like, a lot of people quite understand this, but that's the reason why a lot of games these days don't have. Like, see, like, a lot of racing games and a lot of, like, um, like first-person shooters and stuff, the reason they don't have split-screen co-op anymore is because you're essentially having to run the game twice on the one screen. So, you, oh. like, it, it's not necessarily... Like, people just think, oh, well, all you're doing is splitting the screen in two. Like, what's the, what's the issue? Mm. But it's actually having to run the game twice. Um oh. And so a lot of the time they do have to like cut the resolution in half and stuff like that and like cut the the frame rate and stuff. So a lot of people just decided, well, the internet's so ambiguous now that we just we don't 
we don't need to do this anymore. Um, and so it could, it could just be a problem with that. But, I mean, I, it's potentially worrying signs. I mean, I, I think, to be honest, the, the worst part of it probably is that they've turned around and said, like, so Xbox has always said, if you're releasing a game on Xbox, it has to be the same on the Series S as the Series X. And with them now turning around and letting Larry and make it different, then I that does set a precedent where the next people will be like, well, you let them do it. So mm, why, why mm-hmm. the fuck can't we do it if you've let them do it? And that's mm. potentially a dangerous route to have went down. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was all fueled by what Phil Spencer said in an IGN interview. So Destin was asking him about this exact situation and he said, you know, the Baldur's Gate 3 team brought up some issues with Xbox Series S and split screen, getting it to work properly. Um, and he, he mentioned, you know, the Forza team announced that it won't launch with local split screen. And he said, is there some future where you allow developers just to launch on the Series X versus S because there's a parity clause right now? And he was like, I'm curious, will that ever be loosened up? And then, you know, so he's essentially asking, you know, is, is that parity clause going to change? Are you going to let anyone skip S? Um, but, and Phil Spencer kind of came back and said, like, the decision to do split screen or not is a creative decision, a dev decision. So if we think about Forza, it has nothing to do with any kind of hardware thing on the S and X. It's just where they wanted to focus their time. So Larian, quite rightly, were a bit pissed off with that because he's basically like, oh, you know, it's it's a, you know, he's basically saying it's a creative decision, which is bullshit. Like he's saying it, it not working on this has nothing to do with hardware, and obviously he referenced Forza, um, and you know, saying that you know Larry and can't make it work, that's their fault. Um, so yeah, and obviously the the backlash off the back of that has has led, you know, they've had leverage to to say, you know, can we release it without that split screen, which, you know, fair enough. But like you say, what what does it mean going forward um, for consumers as well as developers? You know, if you're a first party developer, you know, like you say, you're like, oh, can we just do that too? If you're a third party that, you know, maybe wants your game on Xbox, is there leeway to to negotiate that as well? Um, Probably be a case by case basis, I would say. yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the Xbox made the decision to introduce a budget console to get more players on Xbox, but I think they need to they need to own that and accept the challenges and sort of stay to try to pass the buck on devs, I guess. Um, hmm. And also that, you know, I, I don't know, it just makes you question, like, what else are we not getting potentially because of the Series S? Um, and I also question, like, the finances around if there's less features you know would is the game still priced the same you know you look at the ps4 and ps5 pricing there's a difference there because usually you're getting more with the ps5 so yeah there's lots of future questions i guess of how this plays out well i would say the i would say split screen co-ops worth at least 30 quid so well, because it's such a fucking great feature um and so if you're cutting that then you should be selling a game half price any game without split screen co-op should be 30 quid less I think that I think that's something we could all get behind, eh, Andy? I don't even want it in my life if it's not got caught. <laughs> Half place or not. Okay, moving on. About two months after the Fantasy Critic League announced a delay, Robocop Rogue City has officially been moved out of September and into November. It will now come out on the 2nd of November. This release window may not be far enough away from the dreaded October to have gamers yearning for something to play, but it will at least not be drowned out by the 17 other 
17 other major releases in the same week. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They're quite like the look of this one, Sophie. I think it looks cool. Aye. And uh, yeah. I mean, it was going to fucking die a death in September. Nobody, like, there's too many uh-huh. big games around it where folk would be like, aye, maybe in a sale later. And don't mean on, that'll probably still happen. But I think they've got more of a chance of, I don't know, by the time you get to November, maybe people will be coming off a few big games and be like, oh, that looks quite good. Yeah. It's hard. There's I mean, it, days in the month. No. The. Did initially aim to release this in June, and then it was later moved to September and now yeah. November. But they haven't really given a reason why, which does, you know, leave that big question mark, red flag. Like, is it okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that would have helped them better, I think, if they were able to release it sooner. Aye, oh, I definitely. I think like one of the problems is that, and we spoke about this before, like they've said that it's going to be a, between 20 and 30 hours long and to me that's just fucking too long like a game like this doesn't need to be that length and I, I hope no. that when it comes out it's not a case of ah, it's a good game but they've padded it out like because mm-hmm. it does seem these days that like games like developers feel like they need to be given value but quality should always come before value to me like if it's a I would much rather a quality 12 hour experience than a padded out 25 hour experience they're like aye but we, we kept you busy for longer yes 100% so hopefully it, it does look good hopefully it is looks cool but November's a better time um, Lord of the Rings Return to Mora has officially been delayed as well but only on Xbox Series X and S. Excitement has been building for the late October launch but it seems that Xbox fans will have to wait substantially longer with the team at Free Range Games predicting an early 2024 launch on Microsoft's ecosystems. The co-op multiplayer crafting and survival game remains on schedule for both PC and PS5. So it probably ties... Back to what we're talking about. Yeah, again, so it's a delay on Xbox, but again, they've mentioned co-op, like local co-op, and you're like, right. Oh, no, so this was co-op multiplayer, but aye, it's, yeah. it seems like it's tied into the same sort of, the same sort of pro. It's, it's something that's going to, aye, Big Phil's got his work cut out for him, I think. I mean, it's Lord of the Rings, so who could possibly give a fuck? I mean, if they don't bring it out on anything, I don't think MD would lose any sleep, because fuck that fucking IP. And all its shit. You take, know the books, take, the, take the books, take the films, take the fucking dress up costumes, roll all up and put it in the fucking bin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, and some better news for Xbox fans, though. Stalker 2, which is a timed exclusive over on the green side, now has a release window of Q1 2024. The game was also available for fans and media to go hands-on at Gamescom, and the feedback has been very positive. So that is good. Yeah, focus in. It's really cool. Um, I feel like it's going to be like a big event when this game comes out, because obviously the developer is Ukrainian. And so that's been the delay. This game was supposed to come out around about the launch of the series XNES. Um, and it's been delayed indefinitely because of obviously all the trouble over in Ukraine. So yeah, it was playable at Gamescom. Any feedback I've heard said it was really good. And so, yeah, I think there'll be a big sort of celebration when this comes out almost just to, to see that they've got over the line. Yeah, 
Yeah, this was a game they they tried to introduce NFTs, didn't they? And then that was horribly backlashed, and then they like deleted their tweet. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Really Remember the NFTs? They fucking. I mean, they're still about. I know, but they they did. Folk have really sort of distanced themselves, haven't they? Maybe we just aren't consuming the content that uh, you know makes it feature on our feeds. But yeah, I don't. But I do feel that, like, I don't know, at one point we were talking mm. about them every week, and then I think enough folk get stung, like, every time they were like, oh, we're going to do NFTs, and folk were like, I fucking hate you! And now nobody wants to say the word, because they'll get mm. tarred with the brush. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Stalker 2 coming, but no NFTs, so... All good. Um, and a story that just keeps chipping away at Craig's sanity, Konami has announced that they will be releasing eFootball 2024 on September 7th. This, quote, new game equates to an updated tile on your dashboard and the promise of some gameplay improvements. Despite having initially launched 24 months ago, staple modes like Master League still haven't been added. Soz. This fucking game, I swear to God, the absolute cheek of them. This is now the second time they've done this. They clearly want that sort of pretend new game bump. And so at the regular time when they would have released a game every year, they just put down a title update and they change the fucking title so that it says 2024 instead of fucking 2023. But they still, still haven't added any new modes, still haven't added fucking anything. There's still only about fucking 20 teams in it. Two years, man. Two years, and it's still they're like, they're, oh, it's when they're bringing out a new one. That's mental. Well, well, that's it's not even a new one. It's just if you have the game downloaded on the seventh of September, the tile on your home screen will just say twenty twenty four now, and there'll be an update. Well, that's all it. it is. Sorry, Aye, it's just oh, a that, that's it. Oh, right, right. So, oh wow, they that's, did this last year bad. as well. When it just changed now, if you download, it says eFootball twenty twenty three, and as of September seventh, it will say twenty twenty four. They're claiming there's some decent gameplay upgrades coming, but at the same point, I mean, who cares if you can't fucking play the thing? If there's no teams, if there's no... There's still only about three stadiums. I think there's like two balls. It's quite teams. All you can do is either play exhibition or an online match. It's a fucking yeah. shambles, man. But it's still so popular on mobile. Like, they make an absolute fortune with Pez on mobile. And so, I, d- I just don't think they care but it drives me fucking mad. See, honestly, see if I was to go on a what rampage, this, this would, this the, would what, probably be, this would probably play? the reason. Uh, I still, I'm currently playing <laughs> PES 2018 now. That's the one wow, I played just 18. now. Uh, it's, it was one of the best ones, and I've went back, I've been, in the last three weeks, I've probably played about 30 hours of PES 2018. I'm on my third season of my Master League. And it's fucking great. Where do you got all this time? You like thirty hours for football games, sixty four hours for remnant. Where are you getting this time with two kids? I just don't sleep very often. <laughs> it's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Jess Jess knows when I wake her up on the couch at three in the morning going, right, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
okay, next up, an expansion to the uber-popular PlayStation First Party exclusive God of War Ragnarok is allegedly deep in development, according to Notorious Leaker The Snitch. Should be noted that while there was a period where the infamous internet tipster was flawless, the Twitter account has actually changed hands, so reliability of the source not as, you know, accurate as before perhaps um, but recently this social media snoop revealed seemingly accurate details about Rise of the Ronin so it does appear to be familiar with Sony internal affairs. Snitch says that development is about 60% complete and that the re- release is planned for next year. Thoughts makes sense. This? It makes sense. It's like a license to print money bringing out God of War DLC. Folk loved Ragnarok and so why would you know it? Plus, it's the exact same model that they did with Horizon Forbidden West. Remember, like a year later, they brought out that uh, Burning Shores DLC. So it seems like it could be their new model. Yeah. What does an expansion for God of War Ragnarok look like, though? Like in terms of story, like I feel. I mean, I'm not. I've not completed the game or anything. I know bits about it, but like, would it be Kratos as the main character? Do we follow Treyos' story? I think they would pick somebody else, like a side character, to kind of focus on. Yeah, just it that way. might be Atreus. I I never completed Ragnarok either. I fell off it. Um, really? But yeah. From, uh, but from what I heard, they did they did wrap up the the Kratos story. So I think mm. I think it probably would be the boy. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just curious of you know where the because they you know they're not doing a trilogy of this so i'm just curious as to where the story goes i guess and like how long would something like this be um like looking at like spider-man and miles morales like they i don't know that was a substantial mm-hmm. but the same mm-hmm. you know what i mean but i don't know mm-hmm. if you take kratos away like is it still god of war ragnarok does that I make think sense no. i know but i think what they would do is they would it would be like a during your journey as Kratos, there would be like a part that was happening elsewhere, and though and you'll yeah. play like during that, like something was happening elsewhere, and you were like, like during the story though, let's say mind that was happening over there, and then you'll be playing that bit. You know what yeah. I mean? So it will kind of like be in the main story kind of thing, but you'll be like actually taking part in what they were talking about happening over there kind of thing. Yeah, I, I could see that. Like it's so I I've done that with the likes of Uncharted as well, haven't they? That kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. yeah. Well, obviously, it's a cool way of doing it. I think. Aye, aye, definitely. Like Miles Morales obviously was a, a standalone release as well, whereas I think this will be more like Burning Shores, which was like mm-hmm. ten hours, five to ten hours. So I think it'll probably be something like that, maybe like twenty-five quid, and you'll need to own Ragnarok to be able to play it. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 60% completes an interesting statement, I thought, as well. Like It's a bit fucking accurate, isn't it? It's a bit... <laughs> yeah. Which does make you question the, I don't know, reliability, I suppose. It's just an odd thing to say, in my opinion. It is, aye. But anyway, we shall wait and see on that one. PlayStation apparently plotting more Astrobot as well. Um, the eagle-eyed Gamatsu spotted that Sony has submitted a bunch of trademarks for the character in Europe, suggesting something may be afoot. What this is remains to be seen, but let's speculate, Craig. I know you're a big Astrobot fan. I do enjoy the wee guy. Um, there was more that came out on this. I think it was just a rumour again. It was people probably just connecting dots. But it does seem that uh, one of the things certainly is going to be a 
PSVR 2 port of the PSVR 1 game, which okay. seems like a no-brainer. Why that isn't out already? Why that's not done, me. Yeah. Aye, it's fucking madness. Because it's one of the best games on the original VR headset, and they fucking own it, so why would you not port that over? So it looks like that is happening. Um, I'd like to see... So on the PS5 launch, there was a Astro's Playroom already installed on the console. It was to sort of show off what the controller can do. It was only like two hours long, but it was basically a platformer with Astrobot. And so I would like them to see them bring out a new game, but make it VR optional so that you've got like a 3D platformer that everybody can play. But then also if you've got a PSVR 2, you can have that extra experience as well. And then that way, rather than just bringing out a VR game that's going to not sell particularly well, because a lot of folk don't have a VR headset, why not make it both? And yeah. then that way everybody can enjoy it because folk loved that that game that was packed in with the PS5. So I think if you brought out a non-VR game, it would sell really well. Um, but it makes sense to also have it in VR. It was almost like a new mascot in it. They could really lean heavily yeah. into that, I think. Uh, PlayStation have tried quite a few times to get a mascot and it's never really taken, but it feels like it has yeah. this time. Like Folk love yeah. that guy. Yeah. <clears throat> I like. I miss the days of mascots. There've been. Well, I know there still is. Like I suppose <laughs> Mario is still Nintendo's mascot and stuff like that. But it used to feel like a bigger thing, didn't it? Aye, aye, definitely. No, you're right. Mario and Sonic try to battle each other to the death. <laughs> yeah, and on that Nintendo note, we'll just finish up the news with the little bit of info that Nintendo Switch has surpassed the sales of the Wii in the United States, becoming one of the highest selling video game consoles ever. Mm. But you have to wait 40 seconds for stuff to load. Yep. <laughs> Bring on the Switch, do it. I want the Super Switch. Super Switch. Super, super, super Switch. Um... Okay, it's time for Howard the Duck movie Howard review. the Duck. Oh, I forgot it. I forgot about the song. No, I don't think. Insert here. Insert. The song's <laughs> fucking brilliant. was worth enduring the film for you think <laughs> I'm sorry yeah, so based on the comic book character Howard the Duck um, sorry based on the comic book Howard mm-hmm. the Duck is suddenly mm-hmm. beamed from Duck World a planet of intelligent ducks with arms and legs to Earth where he lands in Cleveland so yeah there's a sign experiment that unknowingly brings um, him through this laser beam and I, I mean I really don't know where to start with this to be honest it was quite the I know where to start quite the movie, where do, where do you want to go? Duck tits <laughs> Yes that was weird wasn't it? <laughs> what the fuck? Um... Yeah. See when I seen him like he was like going through all those walls in his chair and then that ducks in the bath. And I was like Aye. What what the fuck? So we're sitting we're sitting watching it, me and Jess, right? And 
at one point, I think I had looked down to like type something about the insanity that was going on before me, and then uh, Jess just I just turned and Jess is like, "Since when did ducks have boobs?" I know. <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I, well, a case could be made that they have breasts, really. That's yeah. true. I've got I've got so many more questions about Duck World. Like they didn't mm-hmm. obviously like, and is there a director's cut where maybe we get like an extra twenty minutes at the beginning of of what Duck World is really like? Or no, oh, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? It would be very cool. Yeah, it would be very cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought they did a really good job building the atmosphere at the beginning. So like. Th- they don't. Sh- they don't want to show you Howard straight away. So you've got two minutes of them sort of disguising his face, and sort of introduce, sort of easing you into the fact that this is a duck. And then it's only when he starts to get blasted uh, towards Cleveland that you actually see, holy fuck, that's actually uh, a guy with a duck hat on. Mm-hmm. It's the fact yeah. that nobody really. I don't know. When he first lands, nobody quit. Nobody's like, "What? What is that?" They're not scared. They're not like. They're not suitably outraged. They're just no, accepting. Really no, nobody really. They're, they're quite accepting that there's this duck character. See, to be fair though, sheep. right? Playing devil's advocate, right? I mean, granted, this is like twenty twenty three as well. But see, if you saw him walking down the street, you would just think, "Well, that's a kid with a fucking duck's head on." Yeah. Like, I wouldn't instantly jump to, holy fuck, that guy's came for Duck World. No, true. But, I mean, how it leads to the point where she's feeling them up in her bed, though, is... That was, so that was definitely the creepiest scene, because you sort of got little, like, sort of little instances throughout that she was maybe a little bit excited by him. But, I thought it was just you were almost getting they were trying to make it seem like I give you the wrong idea but then yeah there's a scene where they go to bed and she is definitely wanting to ride that duck mm-hmm. like there's no I mean is there if, not like a a condom in his wallet or I, something as well there's not a wrapper on it no wrapper. Uh, yeah, and she, yes. yeah and she's really excited by this she's, she's like mm-hmm. oh Harold and then she's like oh Howie Fucking frolicking about in her bed in her knickers, and she's wanting to kiss him. Like she's clearly there's there's no ambiguity about it. She wants to pump the duck. Maybe she's a furry, and they're like that she's into furries. Uh, well, I think that's quite clear. Aye, she's clearly, she's clearly she right thinks, into it. She just thinks it's a wee a wee tiny dude who's a furry. So one thing that I found quite funny as well, so there's that scientist that they sort of enlist to try and find out what's going on. And he's clearly, I mean, he's an absolute creep, but he's also clearly mad about her. And it's I find it quite funny that like, I mean, what must he be thinking? He's like, fuck's sake, man, I've, I've, I've ended up in the friend zone here. I'm trying to do my bit. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay my dues here so that I can get my hole off this girl. And now she's fucking chose a duck over me. Like, I fucking, I, I stayed the course when she was going out with the fucking 
the dickhead for the bar when she was going out with the guy from her college course. I, I, I fucking I sat through all that and I managed to I managed to wait. I bided my time. It was my time now, and now she's chose a duck over me. I mean that's fucking rough. I mean, yeah. I also I thought it was interesting as well. So this was the guy that played Howard the Duck. It, this was his first ever film. It's supposed to be uh, kids doing it, wasn't it? But they, it didn't really work out or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so the guy they got this guy. I don't know where they found him, but he ended up going on to play like Chucky and stuff like that. According to his IMDb, anyway. But Howard the Duck's his first ever film. Chucky? What do you mean, like? In the, the body of Chucky? What? I think what? so. I, well, I never actually... I just saw that he was listed under Chucky. All right. I'll just double check. But this was... When I che- when I checked him, this was definitely his first film. Because, I mean, obviously, like this was a complete disaster, I think, box office-wise, wasn't it, Andy? You'd, I'd never heard yes. of it until last week. It was a total bomb. Yeah, yeah, so 37 budget, gross, US and Canada was 16 million mm. opening weekend at five um but, but i, I think mean, when when george lucas is involved and you know even at that time that was you know yeah this will be good but no not so much yeah well that's what i was going to say that's the interesting thing is that like so obviously this did bomb but it wasn't necessarily expected to at the beginning so it's strange that they gave the lead role to someone that had never been in a film before Hmm. I know, but look, it's not as if I mean he's just doing the mannerisms, really, and it's no, he's not. I think they've got somebody else in to do the voice because apparently they done the. He would do the actions, and then there was just somebody with a microphone on set doing the lines, so they could, and then I think they've like put the the dialogue in later. Right. So, so he's yeah, not actually says, been in the suit talking as they've been acting, you know what I mean? So yeah, it says here that Howard the Duck's his first film, then after that he did Spaceballs. Um, he was in an episode of Baywatch. The Monster's Scary Little Christmas. Weird Science, he made an appearance in that, an appearance in Third Rock from the Sun. I'm sure I saw him listed as something to do with Chucky, because obviously Chucky was usually the doll, but then there must have been something where he was running about or something like that. Either that or that was... I'm sure I saw that on IMDb. Hmm. But it's not there now. Maybe he didn't then. It was maybe just an advert for it came up or something. What did you think about the... I mean, bearing in mind it's 1986, like, for me, I don't know, lots of it just looked really bad. And I, I know it's... 1986 but I just I mean the duck itself was fine but some of the explosiony bits and towards the very end that I don't even know what it was monstrosity of like an ant thing or something like that that gets hit by the laser beam awful the, the creature at the end yeah. is literally bad. it's so bad it's 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 one of the worst bits of CGI I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm it was like CGI done with Microsoft Paint. Yeah, really, really bad. And even also the the guy who 
gets like demonized as well like he has a few kind of things i don't he's got like lasers coming out his eye and stuff like that again it was just it all looked dreadful it did i and he really creeped me out not even not even creeped me out i just he was so repulsive and maybe that was the intention they were going for but i, I think it was I, I did not he, like him as a character i think i, I said to you jesse he reminded me of the guy that gets taken over by an alien at the beginning of Men in Black 1. See the guy and he, he ooh, twists his head around. He reminds me so much of him because he just had that almost like the extra skin and the sort of eye, the exact movements. Yeah. Like yeah. to the point where I was wondering, like I was starting to think like did the guy that played that role in, Me in Men in Black like take fucking inspiration for this somehow? Is this, the, <laughs> is this the one bit of inspiration that someone took from Howard the Duck? Maybe. Uh, I know the guy's name, Vincent uh, Diorno. The parents have an Italian name, Vincent Diorno Frio or something like that. Oh, That's right. the guy who plays the guy. That That's a brilliant performance in that film. Even him doing that. The the best line of the film was when Howard says, "No one laughs at a master of quack foo." And then he tries to like batter like three folk unsuccessfully, I might add. Mm -hmm. That was my favourite line in the entire film. Um, another thing, so I mean, I, I did, I feel like I spent quite a lot of this film on IMDb just been like, how did people recover from this? And so you'd pointed out just at the beginning, you're like, oh, that's Marty McFly's girlfriend, mm -hmm. um, the, main, the main character. And I was like, I was trying to think, I was like, did this damage her career? And it probably did to a certain extent, but I didn't realise like, she's the main character from Caroline in the City, which is like some weird 90s sitcom drama that I unintentionally have seen almost every episode of because it was on uh, Paramount when I was young around about the same time as the likes of Seinfeld and mm -hmm. Married with Children and stuff like that, and I had no idea that was her. But that show ran for about four not seasons. Not something I've seen, so I didn't. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't. It wasn't great by any means. But, um, but yeah, it was interesting. She's she's still kicking about today and plenty of stuff. So it didn't kill her mm -hmm. career, but it must have. She yeah. must have taken a bit of a dunt off it because fuck me. Yeah. Not great. Not great. At I mean, all. Her, yeah, her acting wasn't great, but it, you know, I don't think that was her fault really. It was just everything else that went around her that. She it was just have... a very odd film. She should have had better people around her that went, you've just come off a uh, Back to the Future, going to no do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure there must have been red flags all over the script. Probably. Kissing a duck, you know. <laughs> right, so in this scene you're going to kiss a duck, uh, I'm out. See you later. <laughs> Fuck, right off. I've had enough of this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I really have much more to say. To be honest, it was—I mean, we had to do it in two settings because I was like, I just, I just can't, I just can't do it anymore tonight. Um, so we paused and, and resumed uh, a few days later. I'll be Same. honest, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Yeah, well, of course it's you. No, of course. Right, come on, let's just get it fucking pied. Let's get this over with. All the pies. <laughs> <laughs> two yeah, pies I'm, for me. I'm going for one. Yeah, one. one. One pie. Yeah. One pie and a quack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> quack foo.
<laughs> um, yeah, okay, so that is that. Let's let's move on because, you know, I don't think we need to revisit that for too much longer. Uh, next week we are going to watch Gran Turismo. No. Yes. Is that what it's called? Gran Turismo. Yeah. There's no numbers after it, is it? It's no, just... you've wrote down Gran Turismo 7, but that's the game. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to watch like, the no, game. No, we're going to watch the movie, inspired by the game. So it is, for you know, the first time in a while, a gaming-inspired movie, which was what this feature started as. Yeah. Um, but but after that, we'll watch Deep Blue Sea too. Oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Cool. I'll give so, yeah. you. I'll give um, you. A, I'll give you a series film, but you have to give me the shit after. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yep, so if you have watched it, um, let us know your thoughts and feedback on the film. If you get any questions or anything you want to ask us, then please do so. And that goes with everything else throughout the episode as well, not just for the movie review. If you've got any other comments or things that you want us to discuss next week, then do get in touch via the link in our description of the podcast episode. Um, and yeah, we'll try and include it for next time. Into the stars and beyond. Yes, we shall see you on the other side. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Bye.